when they become teenagers, our role as parents changes. And we sort of, like it or not, have to start treating our, our kids more as young adults and as equals. So we go from manager to mentor. And that's when we have to start guiding. And that's where we have to start role modeling. And if we want our kids to start opening up to us, we need to open up to them as well. We need to be the change we want to see. Welcome to Know Them, Be Them, Raise Them, a show to help busy, mindful, and growth-oriented moms of girls stay informed and inspired, especially through their daughter's tween and teen years. I'm your host, Carmelita Too. If you like what you hear or you find something helpful in this podcast, please hit subscribe or follow, tell your friends, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You may think subscribing and reviews don't help, but they actually do help other listeners find this show. So thank you in advance for your support, and thanks to all of you who have already done so. It really, really means so much. My guest today is Kai Graham. She's a parenting and teen mentor, podcaster, international speaker, and best-selling author of The Teen Toolbox. She's a mom of two fantastic young adults, so she's been deep in the parenting trenches. Kai has blended nearly three decades of motherhood with her background as a master practitioner in NLP, hypnotherapy, and coaching, together with her experience as a childline counselor, to create her Teen Toolbox series, which provides parents and teenagers with the tools to successfully navigate the vital, and sometimes rocky, stages of adolescence. It's her mission to help parents to support their children so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Kai was here before in episode 40 to talk about self-harm. She unpacked why it happens and how we can best support our kids if they are contemplating or engaging in self-harm. Today, our discussion is centered around connection and coping, why it's so important for parents to show up with vulnerability, questions we can ask to foster deeper connection with our kids, and healthy coping techniques. Here's our conversation. We like our kids to look to us to go, mom and dad have got the answers, but sometimes we don't. And actually, sometimes it's a bit of a relief for kids to realize that we don't have it all mapped out because they don't. And it's like, well, we'll get through this. We'll, we'll do this. And it's yeah. it's putting the positive on a negative situation and going, mm. come on, we, we've got this. We yeah. are now a team together and we will move forward as quickly or as slowly as you need because mm. sometimes as i said we roll up our sleeves and go right well we'll have this sorted in a week and it doesn't <laughs> always work like that and i think the thing is to remember your child is an adult in waiting and as a teenager they want independence so sometimes we have to go slowly we have to respect their wishes respect what they are going through mm. and that can be really frustrating when you think that you have all the answers and, 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 you know, but it's just in order to gain your child's trust, it's a matter of sort of giving them the reins of it. Two things that I really appreciate about that kind of walking alongside them. Um, one is it's not me against you. If there's a disagreement or an issue, it's us against the problem. And, yes. and so reframing it in that way, like you were saying about, we're a team, we're in this together, we're, we'll figure it out together, and I have your back. Yeah. 
I think that that perspective shift is so great because I am definitely inclined to fix. And so, I think so, most of us are. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also the ability to show your kids that you don't have it all figured out and that you make mistakes too, or okay. uh, just feeling things and figuring things out as you go, showing them that also gives them permission to feel like that's okay. And that's something I'm definitely learning for myself because a lot of families don't grow up talking about feelings very much, yeah. myself included, but giving them that permission by modeling that for them is, I would think, a, a huge cycle breaker and shift in hopefully generational patterns to come. And I think many of us, are, you know, especially sort of my age, I was brought up in a generation of children should be seen and not heard. And mm. so we as parents, that's how we've been, dare I say it, programmed. And yet suddenly the goalposts have changed and we're doing it all differently and it just feels <laughs> uneasy and we don't know how to talk about feelings and we don't know how to talk about emotions. And that's okay. When we are vulnerable, it shows the, our strength and our courage of being able mm. to get it wrong. And I think kids need to see that. Mm. Nowadays, they have this rose-tinted social media world where everything's perfect. And actually, you know, it's any sign of failure or not being able to cope is, is always looked upon negatively. So if we as parents can role model the fact that it's all right if you don't have it all mapped out. It's all right if you fall down, you just need to dust yourself up and take the learnings from it. As parents, when, we, when our kids are teenagers, we beat ourselves up. So for flip's sake, I've been doing this for at least 10 years. Surely I should know what I'm doing by now. <laughs> and actually we don't because the goalposts keep on changing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they're sort of five years old, you're micromanaging them and, you know, making sure the packed lunch is fine and dusting them down when they don't get sort of spelling and all that sort of stuff and you're sort of managing them and that's fine when they become teenagers you can't manage a teenager it just mm. doesn't happen mm. and our role as parents changes and we sort of like it or not have to start treating our our kids more as young adults and as equals so we go from manager to mentor and that's when we have to start guiding and that's where we have to start role modeling. And if we want our kids to start opening up to us, we need to open up to them as well. We need to be the change we want to see. So it's quite hard for many parents. But if we leave ourselves vulnerable, if we sort of go, I don't quite know what I'm doing here. I don't mean sort of to tell them about, you know, you're defaulting on your mortgage payments. But what I do mean is, you know, I'm sort of struggling here because this is how I'm feeling. And kids can then sort of see, well, okay, mom or dad or whoever is having a hard time, but they're working through it. They're mm. still laughing and joking. They're still able to put one foot in front of the other. And it is, it's mentoring and showing your kids how to deal with difficult situations complex emotions and that is showing them how to deal with it without resorting to self-harm which is that sort of that instant physical hit that takes away the emotional pain um and, and i tell you i've got a good exercise cat very briefly if you forgive me it's trying to find some information how to communicate with your child a little bit better without giving them the spanish inquisition right okay and because teenagers don't want to talk to their parents you know not at all right why would they so it's three questions that you should probably ask once a day 
too much and it loses its impact. But this is for parents so that they know, I don't quite know what's going on in my child's life, but I, I think it's okay. The first question is, what's your number? And that's on a scale of one mm. to 10, how are you feeling? You know, mm. one being very, very dark, suicidal, and 10 being, oh, skipping through the tulips, you don't need to worry about me. Mm. And if you hear that once a day, you go, oh, all right, they were a seven today and there are six, that, that's okay. Or there are seven yesterday, but now there are three. Hang on a minute, what's going on? So that's your first question. Your second okay. question is, what's your word? And what you're looking for is a describing word for your child to tell you how they're feeling. And invariably, mm -hmm. it starts off angry. And, and you know, you can start unpacking it. Is that the same angry as yesterday? And they go, oh, no, 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 mm. yesterday I was angry because I got an F in math. Well, why did you? Well, I didn't submit my work. Oh, OK. Right. Mm. Why are you angry today then? Oh, so-and-so said something, you know, in line and it made me feel sort of, you know, really small. Oh, OK, that's a diff. That could be betrayal. That could be judge. You know, mm. this gives you, this is a skill that gives your child the emotional intelligence to start working out how they're feeling. This starts giving them labels. Oh, okay, I'm actually not as bad as I thought I was today, or this is actually what's going on, and yeah, I'm right to feel this way. And it helps them to develop an emotional maturity. The third question, and you have to abide by this as a parent, is do you want to talk? And <sighs> invariably the answer is no, no, oh God, no, no. I mean, I... <laughs> seriously again no way and then you get that 95 percent of the time five percent of the time you might just go yes mm. and then you sit back and you go it's now a good time and your child oh. might sort of go no i need to get my head straight but i'll come back to you or they might go yeah could we then don't sit them across the table and do the spanish inquisition go for a walk bake cookies, mm. go for a drive, but something that opens up that dialogue. And it's basically, shoot, tell me, tell me what's going on. What's happening in your life? And it could just be tiny stuff that we still need to hear about because when we listen to the tiny stuff and they trust us, they'll start telling us about the big stuff. Mm. And that opens up the dialogue and that tells your child, oh, they've got my back. I'm okay. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. it, that gives them the safety blanket to know that you're there to support them. And it allows you to realize on a sliding scale, they're doing all right, or mm, no, they're struggling a bit and I need to just pay a bit more attention and watch out to what's going on. Those are so helpful. I, I mean, on so many levels, there's a, a part of me that loves data, right? And looking at things big picture. So that consistent showing up and questioning yeah. and encouraging them to have that self-awareness and then having that over time, not just once every six months yeah. or once when you see them looking upset, but yeah. even on good days, you know, Precisely. so I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really wonderful way to get that information. And then I completely relate to when they say, yes, I'd like to talk. Uh, and not sitting across from them. I just noticed this about myself as I became an adult was the the most intense conversations I had with my mom tended to be when we were in the car and I didn't have to look at her in the eye. Um, we were, I could stare at something else, you know? So that all resonates and makes so much sense. And it's easy, I, it feels attainable. It is. And, yeah. and I think the, the great thing about that is, as you say, this is positive as opposed to, you know, the negative, you know, I am feeling an eight out of 10 and I'm feeling sort of, you know, hugely relieved. Great, let's talk about that. Mm. And no, you're all right, I'm fine. Or 
other times and it is celebrate it helps you celebrate your child's wins as well as their struggles and so that just gives you a little glimpse into what's going on because let's face it as parents we are desperate for information yeah. but the older they get the less we get and so at least this is giving them the control to give us as much information as as you know they want to but it's giving us the control that we're probably getting the basic information that we need so that helps us just regulate what's going on at home it's best to start this not when the chips are down it's best to start this when everything's going well so that and you will get them when you hit struggles and when your child hits struggles you are more briefed with what's going on Mm. and that they are used to sort of communicating with you and they know that actually we are coming as parents from a place of the best of intentions to support Mm. them rather than to make them feel bad about whatever's going on in their world because they are still developing they are still young they are still learning and we can hopefully guide them to something and it might it might be professional help or it might just be you know they do say a problem shares is a problem halved and maybe it's just sort of I don't know what's going on it's just chaos and the point is is yeah but sweetheart didn't you see I had the same sort of rubbish going on a couple of days ago but we get through this together Mm, and that's mm. just mirroring to your child that actually yeah I'm afraid life does throw curveballs but it's all right. It's it's not the end of the world. And we can deal with them together, which is a, a lot healthier way of doing that. Yes. Uh, on that note, do you have any other suggestions as to coping strategies for teens? The, the immediate chaos in my head, the best way to deal that is, is breathing exercises. Mm. Um, and, you know, some people call it belly breath, some call it box breathing. You know, a lot of schools are now teaching this because breath work is the fastest way to press pause in a chaotic mind you know mm. if you ever sort of see you know if you've been to an interview or you're you know just about to make a phone call if we just sort of sit down and just stop and just take yes. sort of five deep breaths it helps us ground ourselves better yes um yes. a lot of kids love music they sort of Mm. find that music is a sort of great outlet for just you know sorting out the chaos in their heads a great way i i would suggest is journaling Mm. um because that allows us to get out get rid of all this rubbish in our head and sometimes you know you just need to put it down on paper you can keep a journal and it could be lovely or you can just get it out on paper, scribble it up and burn it or get rid of it or whatever. But it's just that physical act of getting this chaos out. It doesn't have to make sense. Um, and, and sometimes I suggest having a journaling practice. So you do this, you know, either each morning, sometimes it's chaotic for school, so maybe each evening. And it's just getting rid of all that. Hmm. Um, another great technique, actually, when I worked in schools, this was a technique that the teenagers love the most, which is called emotional freedom technique, otherwise known Mm. as tapping. I've got a a video on it, but you can Google it, EFT or tapping. And there's a fantastic guy called Brad Yates, who has a full YouTube um, channel devoted to to this. I call it acupuncture without the needles because it Ah. releases that tension and pressure through we all have sort of energy running through us and sometimes it gets trapped and we feel oh it's really stressed and you tap away on various pressure points where the acupuncture needles go in that you know Ah. and and 
that is a great way. That was the one, you know, I told teenagers about all these things and they know what and actually tapping was the thing that worked for us because you can do it on your face, which is fine, but you probably wouldn't want to do that waiting for a bus or you can just tap on the nail beds. Um, really? Do that under the desk or when you're sort of, you know, with your hands in your pockets or something. That was the one that, even though it looks bonkers, it's the one that works the best for kids. So, or the one that they like the best as well. Yeah, that's so fascinating to me. I love discovering new things. And um, I, I definitely have to check that out. Yeah, the breathing technique's fabulous because you can be doing that sitting on a bus. You can do it sitting in the exam, mm -hmm. you know, and no one knows what's going on. So you don't actually sort of have to look like you're having a meltdown. You can just sit there and go, hang on a minute. In one minute after I've done this, I will feel calmer. And uh -huh. it really, really helps. Ah. Uh such good tips such good advice thank you so much kai my pleasure Kat. thank you so much i'm so grateful for my time with kai she has a reassuring and frank way of encouraging people that left me feeling i guess capable uh empowered and kind of excited to try these questions and tools with my daughters so here are my top takeaways from this episode number one not only is it okay to be vulnerable with your kids, but it's beneficial for them. For many kids, it's a relief to hear that their parents don't have it figured out. Also, you'll be role modeling to them that it's okay to admit you don't know something and you can lean into learning together and you'll show them that you have the strength and courage to be wrong. Number two, while we were managers when our kids were younger, we're more like mentors in this stage. If we want kids to start opening up to us, we need to open up to them as well. Number three, tweens and teens are adults in the making. They need to feel some degree of independence and autonomy in the process of managing their emotions and problems. We have to walk alongside them and respect what they're going through and the pace of their healing or growth, which might be frustrating if you have the tendency to want to fix things right away. Number four, here are Kai's three questions that we can ask of our tweens and teens. Number one, what's your number of how you're feeling from one to 10? Number two, what's your word to describe how you're feeling today? And number three, do you want to talk? Asking these consistently will increase your child's emotional self-awareness and strengthen their vocabulary for emotions. And it'll give you a bit of insight into their world. Plus, you'll remind them often that you are there for them and have their back. Number five, to help with coping and managing emotions, encourage your tween or teen to explore breathing exercises, listening to music that helps to ground them, journaling, and EFT or tapping. Kai has provided links to videos she's created on breathing exercises and tapping. Those are in the show notes, so check those out. To learn more about Kai Graham, visit kaigram.com. That's C-A-I-G-R-A-H-A-M.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at Kai Graham and find her on Facebook. Her Facebook page is at The Kai Graham and her Facebook group is called The Parent and Teen Toolbox. A huge thanks for listening. If you found something helpful or insightful, remember to subscribe or follow, tell a friend, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I am honored and humbled to share a portion of your day with you. And here's to strong women. May we know them. May we be them and may we raise them.